full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. It is time for another episode of Full Circle Family. I am so excited. We are still in the midst of the Full Circle Overcomer series, and I'm so excited for today's guest. It's funny how sometimes you know people, but you don't really know them. Our guest today, I have actually known her for a long time, but I don't know her. So I'm going to be hearing that her story for the first time right along with you. So I'm so excited about that. But before we get started, I want to remind you that this episode of Full Circle is sponsored by the final expense queen, Larissa Poré. Let her make things smooth and easy for your loved ones who will be in charge of buying your funeral family. I know this is a hard topic, but we really need to make sure that we have these conversations. Larissa provides final expense insurance with the affordable and customizable plans based on your age, health, and budget. No medical exam is required. So even if you have things like high blood pressure, diabetes, you don't get penalized for having those health issues. You can find her online at Larissa Pore. L-A-R-R-I-S-A-P-O-R-E-E or you can call or text her at 916-670-4496. That's 916-670-4496. Tell her you heard it on Full Circle and I just want to give a thank you to all of those that have reached out to Larissa so far and told her that you heard it here on Full Circle. That's what sponsorship does, family. And if you are interested in sponsoring the show, make sure you reach out to me at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. All right, we are going to hop right into the Overcomer series. Ah, yes, today my guest is Denise McCoy. She is Senior Regional Property Manager of Home River Group. She is a board member of Access Sacramento, and she is the host of D. McCoy Radio Show. And we are going to talk about so many things today. I'm so excited to have Denise in the stage. I listen to her show from time to time, and I just, first of all, Talent recognizes talent, right? So this woman, if you don't listen to her show and she's going to tell you, I know it's on Mondays, but she'll tell you the rest of the details. But really, I think it's important for us to support all local radio, all black radio at that. So, you know, you can listen to Full Circle on Saturday. You can listen to D on Mondays. It's all good. I won't be, it ain't no, it ain't nothing but love over here in the studio. So we are going to jump right into the interview or conversation Denise, welcome to the show. Miss Wine, Miss Wine, <laughs> what it do, girl? How, I am so happy that you're here, and I'm so oh happy that you said yes to being part of the Overcomer series. Oh my God, I'm just super excited to be here. Like, I was in shock when I got your invite, <laughs> first of all, because you know, you guys, Miss Wine is a heavy hitter out here in these radio streets. <laughs> So let's just uh, start there. But no, I'm honored to be here. This is like being back home for me because, yeah. as you know, I do have a history with um, 97.5 and all of that. So 
So I'm just honored to be here. And thanks again for the opportunity to share. Yeah, you are so welcome. You know, and one of the reasons why I invited you is because I always, you know, of course, we're friends on social media. And I always see tidbits and snippets of your story. You share a little bit. And I was like, I don't know what Denise's story is, <laughs> but I feel like there's something there that needs to be shared with the Full Circle family. So we start every show by having the guests introduce themselves to the fam. Oh, Lord. So this is not like an elevator pitch or anything, right? This is just me yeah. saying it's who just I you, am. Who, okay. who you are. Okay. Well, like she said, I'm Denise Rochelle McCoy. So what's up to the Full Circle audience? Um, again, honored to be here. Um, let's see. Where do I start? You know, first of all, I'm 45 years young. Mm, okay. So there's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it 40 and fine. So oh. not 45, but 40 fine. I like that. Okay. Um, so I'm originally actually from the Midwest, which a lot of people do not know. So I was born okay. and raised in little bitty old place called St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, I was born and raised there. And I actually like to tell people that. Gosh, my upbringing, you know, like a lot of us, there were some challenges there. But um, if you're familiar with the show back in the day, I think it was it's called Good Times. Yeah. You know how they lived in the projects. Mm -hmm. I lived in the projects. Okay. So I was the the kid that lived in the what was it like 20 or 30 story building Mm -hmm. on the south side of Missouri, um, close to the riverfront there in the arch. And so I always tell people that's where I'm from, even though I've lived in California since I was about 10. Mm -hmm. So if your math is good, that's about what, 35 years here in California. Mm -hmm. But funny enough. Miss Wanda, when people say, Denise, where are you from? I never say I'm from California. Oh. I don't know why you that still, is. You still haven't made California your home. I mean, like, in my heart, yeah, yeah. I'm from Missouri. Uh-huh. You know, so huge shout outs to all my family and friends back home. I hope you guys are tuning in. But, you know, my brother is there. My aunties are there. My cousins are there. Um, but had it not been for um, pretty much, I don't want to say a tragedy, but it, it, it uh, an incident happened with my parents. Um, they were married. And my mother um, and father, their relationship was very tumultuous. Mm-hmm. And my mother did struggle with some things um primarily her issue was drug abuse my dad um, he struggled with alcoholism Mm -hmm. and so there came a time where my parents they separated you know because i you know there was some domestic violence um concerns there as well so my brother my older brother and i we saw a lot so it was just the two of us and so there came a time where um my mother ended up being a single mom, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. and she really didn't have any options at that point. Um, her only option, because she was um, actually on her way to prison, was to figure out who was going to take care of my brother and I. And so uh, my grandmother couldn't step in. My dad obviously couldn't step in. His family couldn't step in. But I had an aunt here in California mm. and she was married and she had a family of her own, my cousin. Um, And she stepped in all the way from California and she said, you know what, so that you guys aren't, you know, separated through that whole foster care system Mm -hmm. and all of that drama. She stood up and she said, you know, I'll go ahead and take the kids. And so when we first found out that we were going to be moving to California, I thought, oh, my God, it's going to be like (laughs) palm trees Uh. and movie stars, you know, because I'm a Midwest girl. I'm, you know, watching TV, watching movies. I'm Uh. thinking at 10 years of age, this is like going to be an amazing move. And we ended up moving to Susun, California. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 
It don't even have a, a pretty California name, Susu. Susu. Uh, no, no disrespect to my Susu, right, right, Bay right? Area, Yay Area people, but I don't think I saw a palm tree in right. Susu. But nonetheless, it was the best decision um, for us. And of course, being that young, I'm, I'm being, you know, I was 10, my brother was 13. We didn't really see the full, you know, benefits of the move, but eventually over time, you know, we got acclimated. And that was back in, gosh, 1986. Okay. So we moved um, out here in 86 and I've been here ever since. So that's a part of my story um, growing up. So once I made that transition, it was a little bit of a culture shock out here because as Mm -hmm. you know, I think they consider California what the melting pot. Yeah. So you go from Midwest where, you know, it's primarily black people. Like Mm -hmm. I grew up in an era, Wanda, where, you know, our family and friends would send us to the liquor store to buy cigarettes, Uh you know, and the the local liquor store may have been owned by a black person Mm -hmm. or the local grocery store may have been owned, you know, by uh, black people or the hamburger uh, restaurant or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. So I grew up you know, primarily amongst our people. Yeah, yeah. So moving to California, I'm like seeing all the different dynamics of the cultures and the ethnicity. So that um, really struck me as uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't long before I started to form friends and, you know, like I said, get acclimated to my surroundings and start to build my life here from, from that point forward. So Yeah. And at that time, Sisoon was probably still heavily military too. So very it was much probably, so. there was some, I'm sure there was some diversity there because of that, you know, Travis, the a lot of families there. Yeah. yeah. And my uncle, um, he's passed on now, but he he was uh, Air Force. Okay. And so he was an uh, airplane mechanic. And so, you know, moving from, you know, the projects to California, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, we got a house now. We uh-huh. got two and three. I got my own bedroom. So it was kind of a very different dynamic, but one that, you know, um, I welcomed over time as I got, you know, used to everything. So, okay. Yeah. I have to pull up this little bit of history that I read about you. Oh, Lord. This is where we have actually we we have a commonality. Not that I ever done this, but uh, one of the staples in my life was KML. Yes. You know where I'm going? <laughs> you what? You know where I'm going? What so, you doing, KML? Well, no, I'm just it was uh, it was a huge part of my life, KML. Okay. And I know that somebody in this room, not me. <laughs> Uh, was on a little uh, radio competition, spitting oh lyrics. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. K-M-E-L 106.1. You know, I started writing poetry at 10, and I started rapping at 14. Okay. So, K-M-E-L, there was a show on there called Battle of the Rappers. Yeah. So, I think I was I was either a freshman or a junior in high school or sophomore in high school, one of the two. Uh-huh. So he had a show on. You remember? Evan Luck. Okay, yeah, good. I remember. Oh, oh yes. You know about I, it? Tell the people about it. I'm telling you, Evan Luck, <laughs> they used to have the Battle of the Rappers, and, you know, the two people would get on, and, you know, they'd have the competitor, and they'd uh-huh. have the champion, uh-huh. and then, you know, he would just, they would spit their little verses, and then people would call and be like, oh, I like Lady D, or I like whoever, <laughs> right? And then you had, like, so many nights, and then, like, if you won after so many nights, I don't remember what the ultimate prize right. was or how many nights but yeah well let's just say this um yeah that was my rap name lady d so you know what's up to my (laughs) bay area people oh my gosh you get me excited y'all but anyway so so my thing was i competed the first night and i think i lost the very first time around i competed the first night i lost the first night and i said you know what i'm gonna come back i'm gonna come back harder i'm gonna come back stronger so then i uh got on again and i went all four nights miss wanda and on night five and i still have the recordings girl oh what yes girl 
<laughs> so then on night five, I actually lost. And I forget who I lost to. But had I gone all four nights, I mean, I could have been the next, what, MC Light, Lauren Hill? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just yeah. thought that was dope when I read that about you. Yeah. I was like, okay. It was a right. lot of fun. And, you know, going to school uh, during that time, I graduated Army Hill High School in Fairfield. And so I would go to school and I would say, you guys remember to listen tonight. You know, mm-hmm. listen to Battle of the Rappers. I'm going to be on. And I could, you know, my friends would call after we did our little battle raps. Oh, I want to vote for rapper number one or rapper number two, Lady D, whatever mm-hmm. the case is. So to this day, my high school homies still give me love surrounding oh, that. I love so it's, that. it's a lot of fun. I love that. Yeah, that, yeah Cameo was, a huge, <laughs> I think, a, a huge part of a lot of people's lives. And just side note, the first time I met Michael Erickson, um, I was working for Clear Channel. And the first time I met Michael Erickson, I was just like, <gasps> wow. oh, my gosh, yes. because he was so such a big part yes. of my growing up in adolescence listening to wow. KMEL. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. yeah, I remember those days. One of the dopest, outside of 97.5, one of the dopest radio stations yeah. out there. But did you hear, too, that, um, hear about Drake? Because he's starting something similar. No. I saw some. Yeah, I saw something on social, and he's doing this thing where he's doing battle raps, too, as well. And mm-hmm. then it kind of put me in the mind when I first saw, uh, it put me in the mind of Versus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm like, that just reminds me. But anyway, yeah, thanks yeah. for taking me all So I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Look, this is a brown sugar moment. Was that when you fell in love with radio? Look, like, this, um, like, was that when you fell in love with hip hop? <laughs> you know, at the time, I would probably say, yeah. I mean, radio is it's a pretty powerful medium. It's a pretty amazing way to get your word out and to showcase, you know, your talents, whatever those those may be. But, you know, I was a teenager back then, so I wasn't thinking of it in those terms. Okay. But in hindsight, now that I'm doing what I'm doing, I would have to say, yeah, it that was my first exposure. The seed was planted for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, this thing is <laughs> when you fall in love with it, <laughs> man. There's nothing you can do but just follow. Exactly, like a little, like a little, uh, little schoolgirl just right. following behind yeah. the Pied Piper. <laughs> well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Huh? Well, oh yeah, that is true. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, but no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to walk away from radio just because it's it's so much fun yeah. and you get to interact and meet so many amazing people. So yeah, for sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, family, we are going to take a quick quick break when we come back we are going to dive into denise's overcomer series it's so funny the radio host conversating with the radio host (laughs) on radio it's all good family keep it right here we will be right back after this if you have something to add to the conversation drop us a line at full circle 975 at gmail.com and she is back empowering you with knowledge and wisdom this is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. We are back, family. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Don't forget this episode of Full Circle is sponsored by the final expense queen, Larissa Poré, providing affordable final expense insurance because GoFundMe and car washes are just not adequate insurance plans. She is a local agent who has built her business providing personalized service. She walks alongside families providing support services in their time of need, and she works for you. She's got individual and family plans lower than the cost of most monthly cable bills, and they are paid within 24 hours of approval, so there's no waiting or worrying when your time comes or when that time comes for your family. So if you want more details or information, if you want a face-to-face or phone consultation, call or text her at 916-670-4496. That's 916-670-4496. Make sure you tell her you heard about it on Full Circle. 
We are in the Full Circle Overcomer series with my guest, Denise Rochelle McCoy. And we are just about to. So if you're just tuning in, you are right on time because we are just about to jump into Denise's uh, backstory and all of the things that she's experienced in her life to make her this overcomer. We all have something that we've overcome, which is a beautiful thing. The other beautiful thing is that our stories are not for ourselves. They're for us to share with other people. So I'm grateful that Denise is here today to share her story. Denise, when you opened up the show, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that, you know, you and your brother were separated from your mom. Um, Your parents had a history of domestic violence and other things, addiction, and you moved to California. But what was that like, even though you were raised with your aunt or raised by your aunt? What was that like not having that relationship with your mom, that connection anymore? Because you had it for 10 years. Exactly. And then it was gone. Yeah, 1976, April 3rd, by the way. So what's up to all my Aries out there? But um, yeah, so my brother and I were primarily raised by my mom because my dad, believe it or not, Miss Wanda, he was like the old school wino. Mm. You know, back in Missouri, you know, the men, and I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that are familiar with this scene. You go to the liquor store, there's men sitting outside the liquor store on the crates, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of chopping it up, drinking all day. That was literally my father before he, you know, got saved in his later years and changed his, turned his life around. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was not present, my brother and I were primarily in the care of my mother. Um, and so I honor my mom today. She passed away. You know, it's gosh, it's been a little minute. Mm -hmm. I don't even keep track. I have to ask my daughter, Destiny, when did my mom pass? Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, I was very close to my mom as a young girl. Um, She I remember there would be times where um, (laughs) and my daughter laughed. She's like, really, mom, where my mom, you know, we would go out and we were run errands. She in the driver's seat, me in the passenger seat. And she would literally have me pouring her alcohol in her red cup. Oh, my goodness. Mixed with Coke. Coke, you know, Coca-Cola. Um, and so I recall those uh, those times. I also can recall going to, we called it back then, the tavern mm-hmm. with my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the taverns, they have like this smell, you know, this certain, I don't know what it was, was it the alcohol, was it the cigars, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But there was a vibe and there was a scent when you would walk into the tavern. And as soon as she walk in with me, everybody be like, what's up, Clem? Mm-hmm. You know, her name is Clementine, but she would go by Clem. Mm-hmm. So she was very familiar to a lot of people um, in our area. And I used to get mad because she would have me wear my brother's Mm hand-me-downs so when we would go you know and hang out or whatever you know we were doing with her at the time people would think that I was a boy Mm. because my ears weren't pierced so those are just some of the memories that I have of my mom I remember going to um, like the department stores um, and my mom, she would, she, she had to do what she had to do to make sure that our bills were paid and yeah. lights and food and stuff like that were on the table. Mm-hmm. She was what you would call a booster. Okay. So she would go into the stores and she would take things that didn't belong to mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. Uh, like mink coats, uh, clothing. She had little tools like, you know, wire pliers where she would oh. clip. Oh, she, right, oh she, she was a professional. Oh, wow. I told Tyler Perry, he need to make a movie about my mom. My <laughs> mom was crazy, right? Oh, my goodness. But these are the memories that I have of her. Um, not knowing that she was doing things that were bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm hanging with my mom and this is what she does. But um, beyond all that, she had a beautiful heart. She was a very strong willed woman. Um, she was a leader. 
Um, and she did whatever she needed to do to make sure that my brother and I were taken care of. We never lived on the streets. We were either, you know, with my grandmother or her um, for most of my life, um, depending upon what she was going through. She also struggled with uh, mental illness issues as well. So mm -hmm. she had a lot going on. I mean, so there was the drug abuse. There was the the mental Ill, uh, mental illness issues, which I'm sure compounded, you know, whatever she was going through. But um, I was very close to her nonetheless. Um, she was a very strong disciplinarian as well. Um, I mean, in today's terms, we would definitely probably say it would fall into the category of child abuse mm -hmm. um, only because, you know, you can, you know, you can smack a child or you could whoop a child or you could take an object to, to whoop a child with. Like I can remember times where my brother, you know, he was beat with like a pool stick. Mm -hmm. um, I would get into trouble for one reason or another. And this was back in the day, Wanda, where the teachers could actually spank you. Mm. And so when I was like in the third and the fourth grade, if you get in trouble at school, the teachers had the authority to take their little you know their little uh paddle, like paddle. Mm -hmm. and i remember this to this day now mind you guys those of you that are listening i was like 19 years old and i remember there was a teacher named mrs bass i went to paul lund paul lawrence dunbar elementary and when i would get in trouble she would take that paddle in front of the class by the way mm. and it had t-h-i-n-k spelled across it so mm. she had a handle and it was a wooden paddle and she would say t-h-i-n-k think 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 that's what we used to get in school. I'm 45. Oh my and goodness. I still remember yeah. that. So now imagine this. You get in trouble in school. And you guys out there know when they get your parents get that call, you're going to get it when you get home. Mm -hmm. And so I would get home. And my mother, like I said, it, it was it was I don't even want to say it was on the border. I think it was child abuse, honestly. But as a kid, you don't, you don't know, know that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would. um there were times where I would, you know, be fresh out the bathtub and she would have uh, an extension cord, which was not like a it basically like a phone cord. Mm -hmm. And you know how thin those yeah. cords are. We would get spanked with those. So when you say, what are your memories, you know, of your mother? Obviously, I have love for my mom. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to say anything horrible about my mother because she is my mother. Right. But my mother definitely has some challenges. And as kids, my brother and I, unfortunately, we suffered, you know, the brunt of, of those challenges. So being away from her from the time I was 10, considering, you know, how close we were, um, it was it, it was bittersweet, you mm -hmm. know, because, you know, first 10 years of your life you're shown one thing and then you move to a whole nother state with a whole different you know family dynamic and you know I was able to witness structure in the home because mm -hmm. my aunt my uncle they had been married for a number of years they had a son which was my you know my cousin and so that change and that shift it took some time to get you know get used to but over time it started to feel really good and I knew that I was you know in a safe place yeah so there did come a point I think maybe about two or three years after my brother and I left Missouri where uh, my mother was getting out of prison at that time and she wanted to send for us mm -hmm. you know and of course my dad again he's he's in no position you know to take care of us and so she wanted us to come back home after two or three years well by that point you know I'm 12 13 yeah. years old 
I have friends and you know and so my aunt she encouraged my brother and I to have a discussion and by the end of that talk with my brother and I we were like we don't want to go home mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> this is home right <laughs> this is home and I know that devastated her to her sure. core and of course that created some animosity between her and my aunt because she thought well you stole my children yeah. and you know so they had to get past that over the years but eventually we realized that it was just a better situation for us to be here with my aunt and her family so. yeah so I was gonna ask did you ever reunite with your mom at any point unfortunately not in the way that I would have wanted um, because not long after that she continued to have the same types of struggles unfortunately she mm-hmm. never really got the help that she needed mm-hmm. um, and so she ended up in prison for a very serious crime I'm not gonna say what it mm-hmm. is but back in 1994 she went to prison and unfortunately she was there until she passed away yeah. um, and I like I said I think it was uh, 2008 somewhere in there mm-hmm. somewhere in there like I said I, I you had know. you guys <laughs> had um, I don't want to say repaired because I don't think it wasn't it was ever strained. But did you ever build a, a closeness with your mom during that time? You know, I can remember that I may have visited her maybe once or twice in prison, maybe mm-hmm. as a young girl before, you know, I got married and had children and all of that. We did maintain a relationship by phone. We had yeah. this thing where every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, she would call. And so there were times, too, where she would say, do you really love me? You know, mm-hmm. are you are you upset? And I think it was because she was thinking about all the, the stuff that we went through when yeah. we were younger. And I would just tell her, of course, I love you. You know, don't be ridiculous. But I kind of knew what she was getting at. Yeah. So instead of rehashing all the stuff because at that time of course I realized that you know I had some real challenges as a kid and Mm -hmm. living in that environment but I would never rehash that with her I'd be like mom you know I love you you know and so we built as much of a bond as you could through you know writing letters um, checking in with cards on birthdays you know phone calls things of that sort so yeah 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 how did that affect the way you because you ended up having two daughters yes I did and so Mm -hmm. how does that affect or how did that affect you especially when your oldest was small Mm -hmm. how you parented your especially your oldest daughter well eventually as I said earlier my dad he became a born-again Christian which was like the best thing for him obviously and and the rest of us and so my dad and I we ended up forming uh, a bond as well similarly to how you know I talked about my mom and he would always tell me because he obviously he knew my mother's personality so there would be times where I would be a little hard on my eldest daughter this Mm -hmm. is before my second daughter came and he would always say you know don't be so harsh you know be nice you know and I'm thinking he's probably going back in his own mind about Mm -hmm. how he raised us and what we had to witness as kids so I never have been abusive towards my daughter in fact I try to show her more affection because there's times where I don't even remember my mother hugging me Mm -hmm. um, you know different things of that sort things that mothers and daughters do to build that strong bond so with my eldest you know I am constantly trying to reinforce her tell her how you know amazing she is how much I love her how much I appreciate her so I found that I would try to deliberately and make sure that I'm conscious to do those things to make sure that she knows that she's loved and appreciated Mm -hmm. you know hugs um, you know doing just special things just for her and I even though I have my second daughter now Mm -hmm. so just really showing them that they're an individual and that they're appreciated because as a kid I didn't really feel I didn't feel that a lot I just felt like 
I was just here. Like yeah. I wasn't loved or cared for. So I try to, you know, change that dynamic with my with my daughters now and just show them as much love as I can. Honestly, Wanda, I think I tell my daughters they they get so tired of me saying it, but I, I probably tell my kids like fifty times a day, I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just try your best to do your best. Yeah. Yeah. And now your daughter is a mom. So yes. now you're setting that legacy example for yes. the way she raises her daughter. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And we, we can get into the grandma thing, too, because I was not planning on being a grandma at 45. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that wasn't in my plan. Uh-huh. But, you know, when you have adult children out here doing their thing, yeah. you know, you can only do so much. But initially what I told my daughter is I just want you to stay focused on college. But she has, you know, a long term boyfriend. They've been involved for six, seven years. And it's hard to break that, you yeah. know. Um, but I told her, I said, just stay focused, you know, because I've been out here in these streets and I know what happens when you get off track. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not focused. So uh, eventually, you know, they decided to go what route that they decided to go. And I will tell you, honestly, when I first found out she was pregnant, I was livid. Mm-hmm. I was so mad because I'm like, this is not what we discussed. This was not what, you know, our plan was. And then my aunt said, but remember when you were a kid and I raised you, you know, you kind of went your own way as well. So, mm-hmm. again, it came full circle and I had to really remind myself you know that people have the right to make whatever choices they feel are best for them and then all you can do is support them and love you know and so I had to just basically you know take Denise out of the equation and just really show up for my daughter and now that my grandbaby is here none of that (laughs) other stuff I said before even girl it don't even matter like what (laughs) and your daughter ended up she still ended up graduating college right yes so she ended up graduating high school like six months early we went Mm -hmm. I remember this well we went in and talked with her counselor at Cordova High and they said you know Destiny has enough credits to graduate early is this something you guys want to look into and so we were like well yeah so she started sex uh, Uh, Sac City um, back when she graduated and she's been there ever since she doesn't take a summer off Mm -hmm. and this past spring she actually graduated with her associate's degree nice baby and all yeah and so she's still in in uh, college obviously and her uh, her thing is nursing so she's trying to become a nurse and if she stays on track which I know that she will she should be uh, a registered nurse, preferably within the next couple years. Nice. Yeah, so she's, she's nice. still on track. I'm really proud of her. And then your little one, how old is she? Oh, she's nine. She's nine. Yeah. So now you have this age difference, <laughs> right? And you have, and, and the reason I say that is because you've had these two life, you've had life experiences from the time Destiny was yes. a baby yes. and growing up mm-hmm. to the time that you had your, what's your Camille. young? Camille. Yes. How was that different parenting <laughs> destiny from Camille? Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, let me just say this. People say, oh, God, 12 and a half year gap. I honestly thought my lady parts had stopped working. Like, I'll keep it in real with you. Like, I was like, what? I'm pregnant? But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, can you imagine 12 and a half years? Ooh, I'm thinking Lord. my lady parts, something going on. And then uh-huh. here she come, my little Jamaican princess. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a different dynamic. It's, it, it made me feel like I was a brand new mom again because I hadn't I hadn't done it in almost 13 years Um, and Destiny was of an age too where she could kind of like lend support to me in terms of you know go get the diaper bag go Mm -hmm. go make a bottle or whatever the case is so we just figured it out Uh okay but Camille is her own person she is like super smart I've even had her on my radio show like I consider her my youth coordinator okay that's how (laughs) that's how smart she is but um but no having her was a blessing it changed my life in so many positive ways but it also made me realize that being a mother is hard work. 
Like, it's not easy. You know, there's no mm-hmm. manual that comes along with this. Like, all we can do is, you know, call on God as often as we need to right. and, you know, um, grab support from those around us where we can. So we have a really, really amazing support system. And, you know, being a single mom raising two girls, I mean, you really need that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I just love her so much. Oh, yeah. man. That's mm-hmm. just, the, that's just, you have so <laughs> many facets to your life. That's just like one small facet <laughs> of your life. I want to go next to your journey to home ownership. Oh, I think that that's yes. really important. Okay. Um, and yes, so talk about, I'll let you start wherever you want, but I know where I want to go, but I'll just let you start wherever you want when it t- comes to your journey to home ownership. Okay. Okay. Well, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually became licensed in 2016. I'm a licensed realtor um, and residential property manager. So the the licensing um, goal was was one that I had had since I was in high school. Back in the day, there was a program called the Shadow Day Program. And what they would do is the high school that I attended, Army Ohio, they would link students up with local professionals in the community that worked in all different types of industries. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that the lady that I shadowed she was a local real estate agent and very successful. Like when she came to pick me up at school, she had like a Chrysler, a red Chrysler drop top, Lil Baron. You know what I'm <laughs> oh, saying? Miss Miss Bonnie, if you out there, I think her name was like Bonnie Hubbard. Uh-huh. But anyway, so the real estate seed was planted in high school. So in 2006, uh, my daughter, I forget what age she was, but she was, you know, um, school age and I'm Mm -hmm. like I still want to get my license you know I'm not gonna you know uh, allow being a single parent to to stifle me and mind you I was married to her 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 dad Mm -hmm. Um, and then we ended up divorcing because he had some issues with drug abuse again and so I had to let that go after five and a half years so fast forward I decided to get licensed so as I'm out you know selling people houses and listing homes and helping buyers I'm thinking I'm doing this but I live in an apartment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm I kind of felt like a fraud a little bit and I'm like okay how am I gonna like encourage these people to you know realize the dream of home ownership and do this that and the other and I'm not doing it myself one of my biggest challenges though was that a lot of the, the folk so to speak that I was trying to help Um, They had, you know, financial issues. They had credit issues. And it's like you would try to point them in the right direction to get things done. And Mm -hmm. they just wouldn't follow through. And so I became discouraged. And so I decided, you know, selling houses was just not for me. So Mm -hmm. I decided to stick with property management. Well, long story short, I came across a gentleman by the name of Ken Cross. At the time, he was the, I believe, like the president and CEO of Habitat, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Habitat for Humanity Sacramento. And I think I met him when I was working at the chamber. But anyway, when I decided that I wanted to purchase a property because I I'm like, I'm tired of renting. You know, you're like throwing all this money away and you're not building a future for yourself. You don't you won't have anything to leave for your children. So I thought, okay, I need to get on, you know, a different track here. And so I started to look into the Habitat for Humanity program. And right away, I'm like, I'm not going to qualify because they had the credit thing on there. And I'm like, my FICO score at the time was like in the low fours. What were the the qualifications? Well, some of the qualifications were that um, you had to have decent credit. Like, yeah. And so that was a barrier for me as it had been for previous clients that I tried to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to qualify for this program because my credit, you know, is really bad. And I forget what comedian said it, but I think it was Damon Wayans. I remember one time watching him uh, in a comedy show and he said, you know, my credit is so bad. They're going to have to staple some stuff to my credit. Uh -uh. (laughs) You know, he was like, 
He said his credit report was like a rap sheet. He was like, okay, y'all gonna have to staple it at this point. So I went through that whole phase of, you know, bill collectors calling me at my job, bill collectors calling me at all hours of the night. And it was just really stressful. And I'm like, I got to do something. Okay, I'm going to put it. I want to put a pin in that yes. for a minute, only because I want to go back to that part of your life. Mm-hmm. So what the the financial struggles that you experienced was that after you came out of the marriage? Okay. Right. So I was married in 98. I divorced uh, probably about 2001, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And he was not supporting me and my daughter in any way, but I ended up losing my job. And okay. so um, that really sent me kind of spiraling down financially. Okay. okay. Um, so much so to where I had to basically take in a roommate. I was renting a duplex at the time by myself and I had to take in a roommate just to help me, you know, pay my bills. Yeah. So eventually what happened, Wanda, was that roommate ended up moving to another state. And guess what that did to me and my kids? Mm -hmm. We had to move. And so I went from living in a really nice, decent neighborhood to having to downsize to an area that was not safe at all for my kids. Mm -hmm. The apartment complex where it was located, I mean, there was literally like gun battles and killings like. Mm-hmm. 24-7. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about West La Loma, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Just so y'all know. <laughs> West La Loma, Rancho Cordova. Okay. So, so I had to have this talk with my daughter. I'm like, listen, you know, we're having some challenges financially. Um, mommy has to move. Um, I think I was on public assistance at the time as well. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I was getting like, I, I wasn't getting cash aid, but I'm pretty sure I was getting food stamps. Mm-hmm. So I saw that struggle as well. And I told my daughter, I said, I'm not sure how long we're going to be here, but we're going to have to live here for the time being. And so while I was living in that apartment and just kind of, you know, trying to figure things out, I thought about that program, the Habitat program, Mm -hmm. and I went back to them. And the coordinator at the time, she said, don't worry about your credit. We're going to help you with that part. But another part of the criteria was that you had to be living in, you know, subpar living conditions. And the place where I was at, like the maintenance was horrible. The neighborhood was horrible. The conditions were just not good. Yeah. And so, you know, they sent a a couple of their board members out to my home. They interviewed us. And then we eventually got the word that we qualified. So we were on the wait list. And then we um, we were called to to go ahead and participate in the program. So that's what happened with Habitat. How long were you on the wait list? Um, With them, it wasn't very long, maybe a few months. Oh, okay. Um, I know now that they're waiting list is pretty extensive Mm -hmm. um, just because the demand for housing is so high but we didn't have to wait that long but what was a little daunting was when they told me um, part of the program you're gonna have to do 500 hours sweat equity girl (laughs) I said is this modern day slavery or what but as I began to read through the criteria I'm like okay like how do you expect to get anything if you're not gonna put in the work behind it so I told my employer I said listen this is at, this is the point that I'm at in my life. I need to put in these hours. And so every single Saturday for 15 months mm. and even on my birthday, I would take the time off on my birthday, that full eight hours. And mm. I would use those for my habitat hours. But it took me 15 months to, wow. to bang out 500 hours. Of and you had equity. to do that before you they would even do anything for to build your house. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah so, so you, you had to do the 500. Yep. You have to do the 500. And eventually towards the end of that 15 months, I literally ended up working on my own home but the idea is that you have to come alongside other 
other, you know, potential homeowners help them build their property. You're out there with volunteers, you know, the uh, local community folks are there, mm-hmm. you know, banks are there. So it's a community effort. Like, literally, I wasn't there by myself, thank right. God. Yeah, yeah. But I still had to, you know, dig the ditch, you know, for the rebar. And I had to, you know, paint and I had to, you know, plant uh, flowers and trees and stuff like that. Like, it was real work. And it was like eight hours. And that was like mm. s- summer, winter, fall. Like, it didn't matter. Mm. You you know, the all seasons, you're out there doing your work. But then at the end of it, you're like, oh, my God, like, this is the fruit of my labor, literally. So that's how Habitat came about. And, like, I can't say enough about Habitat. Like, they're absolutely amazing. Well, and you have the pride of knowing that you help build your... Not many people can say they help build their own house. That is true. Yeah. That is true. And I have the dirt to prove it. I still had a water bottle (laughs) where I took a little piece of the soil and I put it in the little (laughs) water bottle, Miss Wanda. And every now and then I'll go and I'll look at that bottle and I'll say, wow. And the thing of it is, is like, I'm not planning on ever selling my house. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just for me and my kids. I always tell my daughter, when I build my dream house, this house is going to stay in the family. So that's part of the legacy and you know, it's just a sense of pride that you can't, you know, you can't even put into words. Yeah. Do yeah. you still go out and, and volunteer with them from time to time? You know, I feel bad. Not so much. Uh-huh. But the Habitat, my Habitat family, they're like, Denise, we don't blame you. Enjoy your house. But uh-huh. what I do is I participate each year in the annual gala mm-hmm. where we all come together um, and under uh, underwriters, sponsors, individuals, corporations, whomever, they come together once a year and they uh, participate in our gala. And this year, I think the goal was like 200000 and I think we walked away with like $360,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah, for, for homeowners that are, um, you know, biting at the bit to build their house and uh, move into their new community. So I volunteer in that way. I will go out time to time and, you know, get dirty, but not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just have one more question yes, about Habitat only because I'm so <laughs> interested and I've always wanted to volunteer with them, but. Oh, you should. So do you, you really should. do they carry the mortgage for you? Or did you have to get like a traditional mortgage or did, I just curious about how that part works? Well, in terms of the mortgage, I think they are, they have the first and then I think we receive like a grant or something oh, okay. from a community okay. program. But the best part about it, Clutch mm-hmm. your pearls, y'all. Clutch your pearls. Mm-mm. It's a zero interest mortgage. What? Mic drop. By <laughs> <laughs> the little Jamaican air horn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Zero interest. And, wow. and, and the most beautiful part is they base your mortgage payment off of your financial situation at the time. Yeah. And yeah. so when they set up your monthly payments, they look at, you know, your your budget, you know, what's what's going in, what's coming out. Mm-hmm. And so when they're setting your personal mortgage, all of that is a factor so that it's affordable because their idea is that they don't want to just get you in right, the house. They right. want you to they stay They want you put. to be able to maintain it. So whether I become a millionaire tomorrow, which I plan to, mm-hmm. um, my mortgage is set for, for the life life of that mortgage. So, yeah. yeah, but it's zero interest. That's so amazing. Isn't that and a blessing? I just, yeah, I really yeah. have always liked Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have Mr. Cross when I worked at the other station um, mm-hmm. have him on my community affairs show. Yeah. And I just always, from that moment, I just really liked them. Always wanted to volunteer close friend um, of mine and friend of yours. Kirsten. Uh, Kirsten. Yes. Yes, she is Miss Habitat. Yes. And, and she, actually, <laughs> she came alongside of me during uh, the build process. Uh-huh. So I've I worked next to her while I was building my house and other folks as well. Yeah. But if you want to get involved, I would say reach out to Lane Himmelman. Okay. Lane is her first name, Himmelman, over at Habitat uh, Greater Sac 
And I do support the because I the other thing I love about Habitat is the restore, especially now that I'm a homeowner. Like I will go (laughs) to the restore and find some stuff. (laughs) Right. Love that place. Yep. I love it, too. So they take in all the surplus stuff from the community. So if you have donations, sinks, lamp, you know, light fixtures. Yeah, they have they have it all their furniture, everything. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. congratulations on that. That is something that is, again, it's about building legacy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can never see taking that would have to be like, look, (laughs) y'all, every generation from here on out. Right. This I don't care where y'all go. This right here is staying in the family. Exactly. Absolutely. We're going to take a break, family. Uh, This is a wonderful conversation. We have more of Denise's story to unfold. Um, So keep it right here family we'll be right back this is full circle i'm your host miss wanda we'll be right back after this like what you hear drop us a line at full circle 975 at gmail.com it's not just talk when you put it into action empowering women through conversation with miss wanda we are inside of the Full Circle Overcomer series with my guest, Denise Rochelle McCoy. She is Senior Regional Property Manager at Home River Group. Uh, she is also a board member at Access Sacramento. And of course, like you just heard, she is a homeowner, courtesy of Habitat for Humanity. And before the break, we were talking about her experience with Habitat. But I want to kind of transition that over because actually um, she helps people get in homes herself. Like that's her, that's what she does. And now she's been promoted to senior <laughs> regional property manager yes yes y'all so um yeah let's let's just kind of keep the homeowner renting a home availability conversation Absolutely. going for a minute so you i know you mentioned that in high school yep. that's where that realtor real estate bug kind of got into you yes, yes the seed got in and um you sold homes for a while yes i did uh, but then you took a break from it. Right. And now you're back as a property manager. Right. How'd you right. get back into that work? Well, let me just say this for mm-hmm. my real estate people out there. I took the real estate exam in 2006 and I passed it on my first try. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times you hear people say, oh, how long did it take you before you passed? Some people are like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Denise passed it on her first try. Okay. All right, man. So <laughs> I um, I was really focused though, Wanda. It was like one of those things where, you know, I wasn't going out a lot. I had to tell my friends, listen, I need to be focused for the next 90 days mm-hmm. because I am trying to achieve a goal that I've had since I was in high school. Now, I graduated in 94. I didn't become licensed until 2006. And I'm still licensed. So um, that was a part of my journey that I was very proud of. So in 2008, by the, you know, by that time, I think that's when the market kind of crashed. And so I was a new agent. I just thought, oh, I'm going to get licensed. I'm going to be rolling in the dough. I mean, I was rolling in it for a minute, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize what it took. Because as an agent, it's like you have a business within a business. Yeah. So you have to know how to market, you know, you have to know how to really put yourself out there. So I said, well, I'm just gonna go back what's familiar to me. So when I was about 18 years old, I was delivering newspapers at the time. I mean, by that point I had worked like everybody else at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I had worked, I think I worked uh, worked in Fearful at Rep Big and Tall. I did Casual Corner. So I was in the retail space. And um, so I was very much attracted to, you know, that hourly pay, but then also getting that incentive when you got a sale kind of mm-hmm. thing. So at, at a certain point, that's why I got into real estate. And then once I transitioned from real estate, I said, well, I still like the housing industry. So let me see what else is out there for me. Mm-hmm. So when I turned 18, I landed a job through Manpower Temp. Oh, I remember yeah. that. You remember Manpower? <laughs> 
<laughs> in Fairfield, they were like, we got this job for you. Now, I'm living in Fairfield at the time, but the job opportunity was in Rancho Cordova off of Sunrise Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't pass this up. I'm tired of delivering newspapers. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I know I'm going all the way back, but this will you know, come full circle in a second. So I took that job. My aunt and I were living in Fairfield at the time. So I was commuting, Wanda. And I didn't want to give up my newspaper job either. I said, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if this leasing agent thing's going to work out. So I kept my newspaper job. Eventually, after maybe six months, I got tired of like doing both. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to Sacramento in 95, that was a year after I graduated, I was full time into property management. Okay. So I started as an entry level leasing agent, um, like I said, in uh, Rancho Cordova, eventually was promoted to a property called Governor Square in downtown Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And so I worked there for a time. It was right by the mall. You know, I thought I was a big shot because, you know, <laughs> my lunch break, go to the mall, go shopping, you know, go back to work. And then at 19, I said, you know what? I have enough money in my savings and my credit was good back then. That was mm-hmm. before marriage, before kids, before it all. Mm-hmm. And so I told my aunt, I said, I think I'm ready to move out on my own. So at 19, I got my first apartment and, you know, just took a deep dive into uh, property management. And I've been doing it ever since. That's like, what, 26, 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're the regional, senior regional property manager and of at Home River Group. And I know I was reading on your post, um, It's you are in charge of over a thousand properties. Right. So I have a team now, whereas when I was just a PM, it was just me, myself, and my own portfolio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that portfolio, um, at its highest, I think I was managing about 350 individual um, doors. And so with this new promotion now, I have like a team of people nice. that I kind of like help over. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun so far. I'm only a week into it, but so okay. far so good. But um, yeah, so now I have a team behind me. And so when you combine my doors with their doors, multifamily and all of that, it's probably over a thousand doors total. So And that's yeah. the, is, is it the largest? Uh, property management? In Sacramento. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think combined, based on the, the company portfolio, we're probably at about four or 5,000 doors oh, that's here good. in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. How long have you been with them? So it started with um, Home Point. That was the. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, Home you remember Point. every time I say mm-hmm. Home Point, people are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Home Point had been around for 30 plus years amazing reputation to this day but at some point they made a decision to partner with home river and so the two companies merged Mm -hmm. and so now we're home river but total in total december i think it'll be about five and a half years that i've been with the both organizations what's the most challenging part of of being a property manager oh the most challenging part is that you're needed 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah you know that's the most challenging part but what I've learned is that you have to set boundaries even professional boundaries Mm -hmm. you know you may want to call me at two o'clock in the morning to ask me why your owner statement is not correct but I don't need to do that until first thing Monday morning right so knowing how to Mm, um, that's good yeah so so knowing when an emergency is a real emergency Mm -hmm. and knowing when something can wait I think because if you allow you know tenants and owners to run you they will yeah but if you keep it professional and respectful and you share you know yeah that could have waited but Mm -hmm. you know I'm here to serve I, I think 
it's something happens where I don't want to say you start to train people, but they start to get a sense of how you operate yeah. and vice versa, because you have to know, you know, how how best to communicate with your owner. Do they prefer email over phone call? Do they prefer text over email? You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of dyna- dynamics to it. But what I always tell people with property manager, uh, property management in general, it's more about managing people than it is about managing property. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could visualize, you know, you have the owner on the left, the tenant on the right. And then as a property manager, you have to fall somewhere in between Mm -hmm. and keep both parties happy. Yeah. 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 We don't want to sleep over (laughs) this little tidbit uh, called Property Management Queen LLC. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yes. So this is a tech-based consulting brand centered around iOS, macOS, and iPadOS platforms that deliver innovative solutions to end users in real time. I didn't know you were a techie like that. Well, you know... That's my goal. Okay. That's my goal. So my goal for many, many years, Wanda, has been to become a business owner ever since I was affiliated with the California Black Chamber. Uh You know Mr. Stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And so being in that environment for all the years that I was in it, and mind you, I started off as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. I was in between jobs at the time. And I said, you know, instead of sitting idle while I'm waiting for people to review my resume and my application, let me go somewhere and volunteer. And it ended up turning into a full time thing. But what one of the things that I remember most about uh, Mr. Stone, he gave me this bit of advice one time. He said that because in that capacity, I was like the sales and marketing coordinator and I had to call companies like IBM and Mm -hmm. Southwest Airlines and the big banks and all that. And he said, Denise, just remember those people, they put their they put their uh, pants on the same way that you do one leg at a time. And so he in, in sharing that, it just taught me, you know, not to be fearful Mm-hmm. And so this goal in terms of me establishing my own business, that had been something that's been in my heart since my chamber days. And we're talking 2011. Mm-hmm. So now I have this amazing opportunity to, you know, put myself out there as a business owner and to actually present my ideas to the world in a way that's going to make property management a lot more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to deliver a level of service to people in the way that they want it. And in this industry, they want it like right now. Yeah. So if you are trying to get to them like right now, you have to be on those platforms. You have to be in their hand on their phone. Mm-hmm. So that's the direction that I'm going in. I'm, I'm working on developing an, a property management app. Nice. Yes. And then what other services? Is that that the whole gamut of property management queen or do you do you have other and you have to share them, but do you have other ideas for where you want to see this go? Yeah, of course I do. And as a new business owner, one of the first things you got to figure out is what's going to make me money right now. Mm -hmm. So there are some short term and some long term goals. But ultimately, I want to be in the hands of my ideal client, which is through tech base. Um applications okay. such as your phone your computer things of that's that where sort. it's at so yeah we working on it that's where it's okay <laughs> all right well we will keep an eye out for property management queen llc because yes, i know am. you're going to be doing big things in that space all right we got we got another another transition mm-hmm. about your own business because you mentioned you have your own business and you have this entrepreneurial spirit um, so you also are passionate about women's health issues. Yes. And you teach, I love this, the girl next door, how to navigate the incredible world of health and wellness supplementation. Yes. Talk about that because you have a whole journey. I want to just kind of <laughs> sit and unfold your journey a bit. Wow. Um, 
you how did why did you embark on a health journey in the first place i think is where we could start well first i remember struggling with my weight gosh from the time i was in high school but the funny thing is that i would compare my size miss wanda Mm -hmm. to my classmates and a lot of them were shorter than me they Mm -hmm. were taller than me but because i was like one of the big girls the taller girls i equated that with being fat Mm -hmm. but that really wasn't the case I didn't really start gaining a lot of the weight until I had my first daughter but to back it up just a few years um, back in 2000 I think it was 17 Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor and at that point I was just eating all kinds of crazy and I was very stressed on my job not the current job that I have Mm -hmm. because that was about well actually you know what it it falls in that timeline so essentially with you know property management you spend a lot of time in your car you spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time traveling between appointments you spend a lot of time you know kicking squatters out of properties you spend a lot of time doing move in move out inspections you're just in your car a lot and this was during the season where I actually worked for a mom and pops company so this would have been before the new company and they had a lot on me and so you know you're not really eating you're not really sleeping well and when you do eat you know you're overeating or you're eating on the go so you know I was always in the McDonald's you know fast food lines Mm -hmm. you know Carl's Jr. was like my best friend you know so you just do what you have to do to survive well eventually that caught up to me because I went to the doctor in 2017 and the man looked me straight in my face he said you know if you continue on this route I mean you're gonna have some real major health issues and eventually over time unfortunately that came to bear in that um, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure a couple years ago and when I started to read up on that and realized that this is something that I could actually die from I'm Mm -hmm. like oh heck no Mm -hmm. oh no 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 now mind you a lot of that is tied to our genetics and you know how we grew up and what we grew up eating and all of that but the place that I'm at in my life now it's like at what point am I going to take full accountability for my own health? Mm-hmm. Because what I realized was that if I don't do it, nobody is going to do it for me. Yeah. And so I started to try to figure out, like, how am I going to get my weight under control? Because I had struggled with years with, you know, lack of exercise. And, you know, in addition to being in my car, there's also a facet of my job where I could be sitting at my desk for six hours a day, too. So I had all those different types of things going on all at once. But it was playing out in a way that I knew was not good for me health wise. And so um, even to this day, I do take a high blood pressure medication. But since I have been on the journey as I'm monitoring, you know, through the machine and when I go back and forth to the doctor, my levels are improving. And there was even a time when I first started taking the medication. And this is after I started working out, eating right, taking my supplements where I would forget to take it and I was still taking my blood pressure. And I'm like, oh, it's normal. Mm-hmm. So I'm not encouraging anybody to yeah. stop taking your blood pressure right. medicine. But what I am trying to show you is that a lot of these ailments and issues that we have is directly related. And we hear this all the time, but I've noticed this just my own personal experience it's related to like lack of exercise not eating the right foods not moving our bodies not getting the proper rest so back in 2017 when he shared that with me I started you know to to look into some other options because I also suffer from chronic back pain which a lot of people don't know but there's a lot of people suffering from that mm-hmm. I was also suffering from um, not to be gross but I wasn't going to the bathroom regularly mm-hmm. so I was in urgent care this is all documented so often like there were times I was in urgent care 
two or three times a year because I felt like, oh my God, something's wrong. And there was one time in particular, this is no lie, my daughter was with me. I went to the urgent care and they took an x-ray of my abdomen. And when the lady showed me the x-ray, she said, you see all of that? And I said, yeah, it's kind of cloudy. It kind of like remind you of like cigarette smoke or something Mm -hmm. like smoke. And she said, and you see those little pockets and stuff? And I said, yeah, she said, that's all gas and that's all feces. I said, Mm -hmm. what? I had... You were I didn't, so impacted. I couldn't even spell detox back then. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I was struggling with this and I was talking to a friend about it. And she said, you know what? I, my mother, she does the, what is it called? Colonics? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when, when I talked to her during my consultation, she got to explaining what she had to do to, mm-hmm. you know, get all the waste and all that. Out. I said, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so my friend said, well, I want you to try this tea. And I said, okay, what's in the tea? So I started doing the research and I started taking the tea and instantly I felt better. And I'm just like, what is in this stuff? It has stuff in it like persimmon leaves, chamomile, Mm -hmm. all familiar, all natural ingredients that Mm -hmm. is just like in any other tea, but it has something extra in it that was helping me. So after I started taking the tea, I started feeling better. The bloating started to go away. I noticed, okay, so now that the bloating is gone and I'm detoxing and it's not a hard detox, it's a nice, gentle of course my energy level started to go through the roof now Mm -hmm. mind you I'm at my highest weight 242 pounds Mm -hmm. like that's the biggest I had ever been I think that was like a size 24 Mm -hmm. I couldn't even tie my shoes you know going back to my nine-year-old I used to say Camille come you know can you tie mommy tennis shoes please or if I'm trying to cook in the kitchen if there's a pot that's in a lower cabinet I couldn't even get the Mm -hmm. pot you see what I'm Mm -hmm. saying I spent a lot of time on the couch during that time because my back I was in so much pain I literally could not move my body so I started to take this tea pretty much an odorless flavorless tea you can just mix it with 16 ounces of water You drink that within a 24-hour period, and these amazing things started happening. So my headache started to go away, Mm -hmm. and I make no medical claims, by the way. I'm just sharing my testimony. This is not to be construed as medical advice. Not at all. Disclaimer on it. Exactly. This is my personal testimony. Headache started going away. Um, I started craving more water, which was also flushing the system. Mm -hmm. Uh, My energy levels were going up, the bloating, and the weight just started to come off. And, And because of that extra energy boost I was getting... I started feeling like walking Mm. when before I would just be on the couch eating all kinds of crazy and not moving my body. And I said, okay, well, I want to go walking. So I destiny, I'm going to go walk the dog. So that became a habit. And then I said, well, if this tea can help, what other products does this company offer that could help? Mm -hmm. And that's when I discovered a CBD infused pain reliever cream. And I started using that on my back. So once I combined the tea use with the CBD pain relief cream, that enabled me to start working out three, four, five, six times a week. Then I started taking the multivitamin. And so it's just been a compounded effect. You know, yeah. you take one product, then you take another. And eventually over time, your lifestyle just literally starts to change. Yeah. And so what what happens is people say, well, how do you maintain it? The way you maintain it really is that <laughs> when you start looking in the mirror, Mm-hmm. And you start seeing your body transforming mm-hmm. through your very eyes. Now, I was a person at 242 pounds. No lie, Wanda. I would try to do my workouts and I would literally be in tears. I couldn't do a lunge. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do a plank. 
I couldn't do a, a yoga pose, none of that, because I was so stiff and I was mm-hmm. so heavy. But then over time, as I started to change my eating, you know, during COVID, we were all stuck in the house. Yeah. So we couldn't drive to the fast food places. Right. Like, okay, well, if you go eat, you go have to cook, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I started cooking more at home. So that was my COVID blessing was that I got back into the routine of cooking at home mm-hmm. um, and eating healthier meals. And so all of that in combination with like you're looking in the mirror, you're seeing your results. Okay, those pants used to be real, real tight. That button was popping. Now mm-hmm. it's, you know, my waist is slimmer. I got to give clothes away. Mm-hmm. I'm in my skinny jeans now, you know. So that's what will actually keep you going, you know, seeing the results. And not to mention those natural dopamine endorphins that yeah. set off in your body every yeah. time you literally break a sweat. And this is from somebody that couldn't tie their shoe now I'm working out a minimum of 30 minutes a day anywhere from three to six times a week Mm -hmm. and so I'm down to a 16 so that's quite a bit and it's so far it's been it's been amazing so really in terms of the supplements what I say the girl next door because eventually what started to happen was people start seeing my results and they're like well what are you doing and naturally I'm just going to share and so that's what I've been doing I'm not really trying to build a business around it i'm just really sharing the information because it's helped me tremendously so yeah yeah. well you know a couple of things you said that are Mm -hmm. really important not just the food not just the eating not even just the water it's the rest that we don't understand how important it is yes yeah yeah it's like you have to that's the time that your body rejuvenates Yes. You have to get your rest. So you could be eating right. <laughs> you could be exercising. But if you're still not going to bed till two in the morning yeah. and getting up at six, yeah. you don't give your body a chance to, to restore itself. And you know what? You bring up a good point because I would be I, I used to say I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. But depending on what your your health and wellness goals are, you have to become that. And it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. There were days when, you know, I go to bed and I say, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for six. And the next day will come and it would be the (laughs) alarm would be at six. And I would be like, cut the alarm off, Uh reset, you know. So so but I started to train my mind. Okay, Denise, you haven't gotten up at six, three days this week. Come on, this is day four. Go ahead and get up. So eventually over time, I started to retrain my mind to say, you know what? It's six. It's time to get up. Just go Mm -hmm. work out for 30 minutes before work. You know, and that was the other thing I learned is like I can't give myself to everybody else if I don't even like take the time to live on myself first and I know we hear that all the time Mm -hmm. but it's so true so before I start my day at nine o'clock for work or whatever it is I do I take that time out from myself you Mm -hmm. know I get up early when the house is quiet the dog is asleep the girls are asleep Mm -hmm. okay it's 6 6 30 it's Denise time and you get up and you put in the work and at the end of it all you feel amazing so for those out there they're like I'm not a morning person you have to become a morning person because what what I noticed is once I allow that seven eight nine o'clock time frame uh, pass me by I'm already fully into my day at Mm -hmm. that point so then you're fully into your day so now it's five six o'clock in the evening you're not gonna feel like necessarily everybody's different I didn't feel like working out six seven o'clock at night yeah you know so the point is you have to figure out what works best for you but you have to get moving period yeah yeah Yeah. and you know the better you feel the better your body will just automatically like you said you'll start to you'll wake up naturally or start to feel when you do wake up in a Mm -hmm. position that you want to do something Mm -hmm. and also as you change your eating because I know when I 
Ooh, when I do eat healthy, yes, my body craves those things that I that I eat. Yes, it oh, does. Yeah. And also, yeah. once you get on that eating healthy track, quote unquote, and you try to grab something mm-hmm. that's kind of outside of that, your body is also going to say, it shows up in different ways for different people. But yeah, to your point, once you start getting in that groove, I don't even want to say it's about willpower. It's just yeah. really about your mindset. It's really about your mindset and, and allowing your aligning your actions with whatever your goal is and then just creating your own steps for success and just following those and knowing that some days we're going to fall off. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day, I would fall off for what weeks, months, years at a time. Mm-hmm. Now, if I fall off, it's only for a couple of days and then I'm back on, you know, back on track. And you have to so. give yourself grace when you do fall off. Absolutely. And know that it's not the end of the world. Because I know for me, I used to be like, oh, well, I didn't fell off now. So let me just go on and eat this bag of chips or yep, whatever. Me too. Right. But me it's too. that especially when you start seeing the results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, even if I do fall off, I'm like, I don't want to go back to that. Exactly. Like, I'm going to get myself back together get back on track. And, yep. and let's keep it yep. moving. And one of the things I did this year, Wanda, is that it, this was the first year that I I have, I have didn't commit to a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to commit to one word and one thing. And that one word and that one thing this year for me has been consistency. Oh, I love it. Consistently, like you said, going to bed at a reasonable hour. Only you know what that is for you. Some people that's nine o'clock. Some people. It's 11, but making sure you're, you know, you're getting enough rest to feel good in the morning. So I committed to consistently going to bed on time, consistently taking my health and wellness products each day, consistently drinking water. And of course, cooking at home as often as I can. Once you commit to consistency, the results are they're they're just going to be there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then one more thing I mm-hmm. wanted to point out is you only not only, but your workouts 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not 6 hours in the gym cuz that's the other thing I think people make <laughs> a can you know they get oh I, you know got to be in the gym 4 or 5 hours and and nah. it's not it's really those smaller incremental right, things. Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and that's that's what clicked for me too is because in the past, you know, I've been a, a member of a gym. Mm-hmm. I've even reached out to personal trainers and I'm like, I know I can't stick with this. Mm-hmm. But if you guys remember, there's a lady by the name of Jillian Michaels. Mm-hmm. She used to have a show called The Biggest Loser. She has a three month system and her workouts are six days a week for 30 minutes. If oh. I don't if I don't have 30 minutes to myself, like what? what, what I mean, you got to at least take that time. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a, a gentleman. I have his app on my phone. It's called Dovey's Fitness. Do you know he has 21 minute workouts? And at the end of that 21 minutes, I am sweating. Like my eyelids are dropping sweat droplets. Mm. Seriously, 21 minutes. So even at 242 pounds, even though it was a struggle, once you start getting into, you know, the groove of it all, you can kind of, what do they call it? Oh, you can modify those workouts too. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do a full plank for 60 seconds at 242 pounds, but mm-hmm. I can do one now. Mm-hmm. Why? Because maybe when I first started off at 242 pounds doing a plank, I could only last for 10 seconds. But you build, yeah. it's like building blocks. So now that I'm down in my weight, I can hold a plank for much longer. Mm-hmm. But to your point, 21 minutes a day, who doesn't have 21 minutes a day for themselves? Yeah. Like, so that's what I do, 30 minute workouts and on my, uh, on the mornings I'm super busy or running late, I'll squeeze Dovey's in there. 21 minutes, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how has that changed your mindset so from the time you started that journey to now? 
You know, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is that I'm just more positive. You know, I'm naturally, you know, you're going to see me smiling. That's just how I am in Mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. But when I was heavier, like I would put on a smile. But now the smile is a real smile. Like I earned this smile, the Mm -hmm. confidence and the swag, so to speak, that I feel that I have. um, I've earned that, you Mm -hmm. know, those skinny jeans and, you know, doing my little poses and Mm -hmm. little selfies and stuff and just looking at my body and like I the other day I was looking at some of my older pictures I'm like I didn't even recognize myself like Mm. I'm like looking at like when I was almost 250 pounds in comparison to how I look now it's just amazing to see the transformation Mm -hmm. like that really was me so I think it's 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 helped my mind so much you know to where it's like I know that I can do it and I know that other people can do it. I grabbed inspiration during my darkest days, Wanda, from everywhere. Like I would be on Instagram looking at people who were like 300 pounds that are, you know, lost a ton of weight Mm -hmm. and reading their stories. And this was me on the couch at 242 pounds gaining inspiration just from watching people on social media. And for me now to be in a position where I'm, I'm living that. And I know that it took me a lot of hard work and dedication to get here. It's just you just feel so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you feel you, you just feel like full of joy, just happy. And you just want to share it. I'm going to tell you guys a true story. The other week I was on my way to a property and I saw this young lady in the Thomas and I was in my car and she had her workout suit on and she was uh, a little bit heavier than me, uh, not quite too you know 250 but she was kind of heavy and she was uh walking and so I said I'm gonna pull over and give her one of my cards because I have these little cards that mm-hmm. say hey I lost weight mm-hmm. and this is me and here are the products that did it right uh-huh. so I'm in my car and I'm like I gotta go get her so I park and I walk across the street and she starts off walking mm-hmm. eventually she like starts jogging mm-hmm. so imagine this she's in front of me jogging <laughs> and I'm like walking behind her ma'am she had her earbuds in uh-huh. so she couldn't hear me so I thought maybe she thinks that I'm like trying to attack her or something. So I start jogging behind. <laughs> this. I'm not even lying to y'all. I start jogging behind the lady and I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, ma'am, I have something for you. And then finally she like turns around. I said, I know this is totally weird, but anytime I see another woman fighting for it, and I literally mm. started breaking down in tears. Mm. I said, I need to give this to you. And she looked at it and I said, that was me at my highest weight. And this is me now. And then I opened up my granny sweater. and I said, look, this is me now. She's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I just gave her the cart and I ran and I went on about my business. <laughs> now, why would I do that? Who, who does that? But it's only because I'm like, when I see other women struggling the way that I know that I was struggling, mm-hmm. I'm like, they need these products. And so that's just that's what's pushing me to like tell everybody that I know how amazing yeah, the products when, are. Because again, it's like when you feel good, you <laughs> want everybody to know and right. you want everybody to feel to good. To experience too. it. Yeah. yeah. And I know what comes along with being that heavy, high blood pressure, diabetes. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that's my same age. She has congestive heart failure. Um, you know, so it's just really about, you know, just trying to help other people and, you know, share my story and hope that I can inspire the same way those other folks inspired me to make a change in my life too. So that's pretty yeah. much all it is. That's very inspiring. <laughs> and the fact that you're so dedicated to your, you know, I was looking at your mantra, encouraging women to boldly express their inner beauty, transforming self-love into outward confidence. You like that? Uh, and building genuine connections that lead to mutually beneficial outcomes. But it's also about being passionate about helping mm-hmm. women get to that place. Yeah. 
Yeah, because um, I mean, I didn't have anyone personally helping me to get there because, you know, like my aunt and my mom and they all struggle with, you know, health mm-hmm. and, and their weight and stuff like that. My aunt, though, I will say is now vegan or she went vegan. She's back eating meat again, but she's maintained all of that weight loss. So let me correct that. Watching her over the years was helpful, mm-hmm. but I also saw her struggle. Yeah. And my daughter, Destiny, she's 22. She saw my struggle for a little bit of that time as well. Camille is nine now, so not too much mm-hmm. and I think the biggest thing for me is knowing that my nine month old grandbaby she will only see me as I am now like yeah. eating right like I'm exercising in front mm-hmm. of her doing the moves and mm-hmm. stuff and she's like cheering me on so yeah um, it really is yeah like about helping each other and when I see someone that looked like I looked at mm-hmm. my highest weight I'm like I feel like they need my they need my products yeah. so I just pass them the card and I go on about my business yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break when we come back I want to talk about D McCoy radio and yes. then we're gonna wrap up this full circle oh, overcomer over. series it's Aww. almost it's almost <laughs> I told time flies when you have yes, ma'am. <laughs> keep it right here family we'll be right back this is full circle If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. We're back, family. This is the Full Circle Overcomer Series. So happy. Just a wonderful conversation with my guest, Denise Rochelle McCoy. She is a senior regional property manager for Home River Group. She is owner of, CEO and owner, prop up. Excuse me. Let me let me take it back and give it to her right. She is the CEO of Property Management Queen LLC that we will hear more about in the future. And Denise, I'm just telling you right now in front of <laughs> millions of listeners, when you're ready to launch that thing, you got to open door to come back. Thank you so much. Um, but but so much more. We've just been talking about Denise's story. Right. So mm-hmm. when we talk about Overcomer Series, it's not all just like, oh, this this one horrific thing like we've all had so many experiences and we've all overcome different things let me just put a pin in that for a minute just to remind you that the Full Circle Overcomer Series is sponsored by the final expense queen, Larissa Perret. Make sure you reach out to her at 916-670-4496. Tell her that you heard it on Full Circle. Um, but I want to, you know, the Overcomer Series, we just talked about Denise's health journey. And I think that's a one, the, you know, that's one I'm on that we kind of chatted about mm-hmm. off air. Yeah. Um, and so many people are on. But I love the fact that, you know, once you get started... It's just about getting started. And we don't have to do these big, grandiose things. It can be just a walk. Just start off with a walk for 20 minutes or 15 minutes or however long you can stand it Mm -hmm. and go from there. You don't have to do a complete overhaul. And that's where I used to... I'm not going to say fail. Mm -hmm. That's where I made a misstep is I used to think, oh, my gosh. okay, because I'm like an all or nothing person. Right. So I'm like, okay, we got to do this. (laughs) We have to eat this way from here on out. And and it's like it's not life doesn't even work like that. It doesn't. I I, I laugh at my mom because like she'll like she'll be making a meal or something. She's like, oh, I'm cooking. Oh, are you eating that? And so finally one day I was like, mom, don't even try to figure out what I don't even know what I'm eating. Exactly. Because, you know, I I was vegan and I was Mm -hmm. this and that. I was like, but you know what? I really decided. 
decided that I want to enjoy my life and I don't want to restrict it to just one thing. However, I can make better choices in the things that I am that I am doing. Yeah, we got to be we have to be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. With ourselves. And like you said, not be so hard on ourselves. Just the best thing you can do is just start right where you're at with what you have and move from there. Yeah. So I actually have a 5K tomorrow that I I haven't done races in. Oh, my God. I've done some walking at home, but I haven't done an actual race with people Mm -hmm. since COVID. Right. So I'm doing my first race tomorrow, which I'm so happy to get back on. Congratulations. Um, and, and and just start getting back out there and Absolutely. doing that. And I have a friend coming with me and she's like, I don't want to hold you back. I'm like, girl, <laughs> I haven't walked at, like competitively yeah. like this in so long. Oh, wow. I was like, we just going to be out there. The, mm-hmm. the point is me spending time with her. That's right. And just us having a good time. Exactly. So who cares if we don't, if we do it in an hour and 15, right. whatever. It's not, right. that's not the point. You it's already, just us getting out there. You've already won just by showing up. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. You are also the host of D McCoy Radio. <laughs> yes, me. Tell the peoples about that. Well, D McCoy Radio is over on Access Sacramento, guys. So if you want to check me out, you can catch me 9 a.m. on Mondays until 10 over at 96.5. And uh, I think the call letters are K-U-B-U-L-P. So yeah, I started that show probably about five years ago now. I am looking for a new home for the show, though, because of COVID. Their station has not reopened yet. But, yeah, you can catch me out. I pretty much cover everything. I've had, you know, authors on my show, uh, musicians, um, community leaders. Like, you know, you got something to say? Come to D. McCoy Radio. Mm -hmm. We would love to have you. Um, But I also have a platform, uh, a new platform over on Station Head Radio. So if you guys download your Station Head app um, on your phone, it's a free app. So basically it's like virtual radio, Ms. Wanda. Mm -hmm. And then you search D. McCoy Radio, you can catch some really, really amazing content over there. So that's new content. Uh, D. McCoy Radio on Mondays is some of my older stuff. But once I get my new home, I'm going to have some new content on 96.5 as well. So How long have you been doing your show? Um, About five and a half years. That's, yeah. that's a good good minute. Yeah, Shane Carter, he's he's passed away. Lord rest his soul. Yes, he passed away. Shane yeah, passed away. Yes. He was my radio oh teacher my at God. Access Sacramento. Shane, we Aww. love you, Shane. I love Shane. You know, I went through his radio class three times before right? it clicked. Uh-huh. But every single time I went through his class, he treated me like it was my very first time. Aww. Yeah, he's amazing. And when yeah. I decided to do my show, he was all for it. So I feel his spirit all the time. I'm affiliated with access and now a board member over there simply because of shame thank you i'm I'm excited about what's to come over there because they have a film production side and everything else Mm -hmm. so please look up accesssacramento.org guys if you want to you know host your own radio show have your own tv show they've got it all over there for you at access and they provide training yeah so that's the dope and they've got state-of-the-art equipment over there there's it's not just some (laughs) community (laughs) hand-me-down equipment like they have the state-of-the-art equipment the most expensive stuff that you would ever want to see i mean you walk in there it's like you're walking into a newsroom like it's Mm -hmm. crazy over there Mm -hmm. but um so yeah so that's my radio show and um yeah i think i have a show coming up uh, not this sunday but the sunday following i'm interviewing a young lady out of the bay area she has her own cosmetic line and so i'm going to be talking to her about that yeah yeah um so what are you going to be doing as part of the board what are what are some of your responsibilities will it just be for access as a whole or will it just be for the radio tv stuff or, or are you sure yeah I know you just got a point well I just so. got a point I mean I'm there to do whatever I can okay. pretty much but I I 
I did explain my primary focus is radio okay. and growing the reach for the radio station, you know, um, identifying sponsors, mm-hmm. underwriters, getting new, you know, on air personalities involved, getting training for the youth, mm-hmm. you know, different stuff like that, that I yeah. can do kind of behind the scenes. But I participated in my very first event. They have an annual um, film festival. Oh, nice. And I, that was at the Crest Theater a couple weekends ago. So I got got a chance to, you know, get in there and volunteer and kind of mix and mingle with everybody. So that was a lot of fun. But my primary focus is lending support to the radio side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, family, don't sleep on Access Sacramento. Mm-hmm. First of all, it is a great <laughs> place for training. Like you heard Denise and I both went through the program. I didn't know Shane passed away. He was such yeah. a nice man. Yes, so, he was. But there are people there that can train you on cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to have your own show, uh, producing behind the scenes, uh, switching, all of that stuff. You can go there and get some support and some training and then you can launch your own vehicle as well. So it's really a great place. Do not sleep (laughs) on Access Sacramento. Right. Right. That's a nice plug. Yeah. (laughs) So, Denise, when you think about your whole journey, right, what were some of the aha moments that helped you get through your, your whole I mean you've had we've talked from your childhood Ooh, all the way yes. through life what were some of those aha moments or lessons that you've learned well I mean in the words of one of my favorite people in the whole world if you don't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love someone else right that's by RuPaul mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> truly realizing that loving yourself first is not just something to say it's actually something that you have to do and not really relying on others to validate you know who you are just owning who you are and and just being the best version of yourself without apology. Mm-hmm. So um, it took me a lot of, uh, you know, hardship and pain. You know, it cost me a lot of hardship and a lot of pain to get to that space. But I think my my major aha moment is realizing that, you know, self-love is, is, an, is an action word. And mm-hmm. you have to really do those things that um, are going to... Um, just just show the world that you love yourself and that you're not willing to compromise your own happiness because I was a people pleaser at mm. a point in my life. So learning that part, I would say, is important. And also uh, being confident and knowing that whatever you set out to do, I tell my nine-year-old this all the time, it doesn't matter what you do in life. All you have to do is make a plan to accomplish that and you can do it. You know, And yeah. so um, that's what I kind of relied on when it was time for me to launch my own business because for many years I was like, oh, I can't do it because of this, that, and the other. The major thing for me was I didn't have a business plan. Mm -hmm. So Denise, um, of course, at first I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the library and write it myself. No, I paid somebody. I invested Mm -hmm. in my business and I paid someone to write my business plan. So now I can start to focus on the different facets of that plan and make sure that it works accordingly. So just really, you know, living your life without limitation. I think COVID has proven to a lot of us that, you know, we're all in this together. But at the end of the day, you have to make an individual decision to get your own self to where you need to be, whether it's your health, your spirituality, you know, what you want to achieve for yourself financially, whatever the case is. If it's meant to be, it is up to me. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. 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 Is that a book of quotes oh, that yes. you have there? I wanted to share w- at least one. Yeah, I was going to ask you okay. to share a so, couple if you'd like. Oh, awesome. So this one says, only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. That is by Helen Keller. Okay. Okay. I like right. that one. And then the other one that I have is start where you are use what you have Mm. do what you can start where you are miss wanda use what you have miss wanda 
and just do what you can. And Arthur Ashe said that one. I love that. Yes. That that really resonates when we talked about the health journey too. Yes. Start where you are. Just start where you are. Whatever it is. That's Change it. one thing a day. One thing. Switch from sodas to water or whatever it is. And it's going to start feeling good. Right? And then you're going to say, ooh, let me do that again. Right? Let me, oh, let me do this and let me do that. And then eventually over time, you've transformed your complete self, mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. 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 Those were two good quotes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. Where can people find you? All right. So if you guys want to find me, most of my stuff on Facebook is private, but there is a lot of public stuff over there. So I like to share my Facebook page with you. It's Denise Rochelle McCoy. I also have a D McCoy radio uh, page on Facebook, but I primarily hang out like on Instagram. Okay. So if you look me up on D McCoy radio on Instagram and also on Instagram, Unlock Optimum Health. I decided to separate that. Mm, So if you want to connect with me on the health and wellness side, it's Unlock Optimum Health. And then on the radio side is D McCoy Radio on Instagram. That's how you can get me. All right. (laughs) Well, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. And, you you know, I was like I had shared with you when I was talking to Sean Brown. Hey, Our Sean. mutual friend, hey, Sean, yeah. that, you know, Sean was like, oh, wow, you know, I know you've known Denise a long time, whatever. And I was like, oh, no, actually, I was telling you that. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, you know, I don't I'm, I got a story, but you're not going to know what it is. And I was like, you know what, Denise, <laughs> I don't even really know you. Right. Like, exactly. I know you. Yeah. But we haven't gotten a chance to get to know each other. And yeah. so I'm glad that we have Me this opportunity. Too. Oh, this has been so amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, it has totally <laughs> been my pleasure. I'm so grateful that you said yes to coming on and sharing. I was going to say, my phone just lit up. I was like, if that's Sean texting me, (laughs) because she usually will text me during the show. But um, seriously, though, it's been a a real pleasure. And I know that the listeners have been... um, Encouraged by your testimony. I hope so. I know that I have. Thank so you. So I appreciate you so much. And it, like I said, you have an open door when you're All ready right to now. blow the roof off of yes. Property Management Queen yes. LLC. Okay. Come on back. Yes, girl. And we will, uh, <laughs> we will make sure to have another conversation. That's how we're doing it, family. This is what the Full Circle Overcomer Series is all about, is to let you know that everyone's gone through something and you're not alone you know and it's it's to hear someone else's story and see how you can resonate with them and then to hear how they've gone through it so that you can have some tips on how you can get through it yourself so you know Denise she shared a lot of her story with us really appreciate that and again if you want to hear this or some of the previous Overcomer series stories make sure you're following the podcast Miss Wanda's Full Circle Radio you can find it on all podcasting platforms Um, and also if you want to sponsor the show reach out to me at fullcircle975 at gmail.com our show this series is being sponsored by larissa Perret. she is the final expense queen family i know this is not something that we want to talk about final expenses but we also have to make sure that we're being good stewards of of our money and of the things that god has entrusted us with our families making sure our family's in a good space because we don't want them to have to struggle or worry when that time comes that we are not here anymore and we want them to be able to have peace of mind and so Larissa provides final expense insurance with affordable and customized plans based on your age health and budget no medical exam is needed so even if you have things like high blood pressure diabetes you do not get penalized for having health issues and not only that a lot of her plans are lower than the cost of a monthly cable bill 
So they're very affordable. Plans are paid within 24 hours of approval. So there's no waiting or worrying when the when your family has to make those needed decisions. Call her today. Text her today. Or you can find her at the African Market on the first Saturdays um, at 2251 Florin Road. But you can call or text her today at 916-670-4496. That's 916 916- Six seven zero four four nine six. Make sure you tell her you heard it on Full Circle, and thank you to those that have reached out to her and told her that they heard it on Full Circle. That's what it's all about, family. That's what sponsorship is. So if you have a business you would like to be featured on the show, uh, if you'd like to sponsor the show, if you'd like to sponsor the show, make sure you hit me up at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. That's how we're doing it, family. Stay tuned for another Overcomer series. Uh, next week, I've got Lindsay Vertner. All I'm going to say to you is that Lindsay was brain dead for five days. And now Lindsay is back. She is not in a wheelchair. She is up walking, talking, doing her thing, serving the world now. But she has an amazing story. You do not want to miss it next Saturday, another episode of Full Circle Overcomer Series. Keep it right here. That's how we're doing it. Serving you with stories, not to be salacious, but to show you that all things are possible. And that there's someone that has gone through what we've gone through um, in some extent or another. And that if they've gone through it, hopefully their story will help you be inspired to get through it too. Okay, I'm done, family. Show love to everyone you meet. I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.